Welcome to Hope's Garden and the Bridegroom Speaks podcast with Laura Ercolino. Hi, Laura. It's so nice to be here with you for this conversation about home. Yes, good to be here with you too, Dee. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to start our conversation about home with a quote from St. Catherine of Siena, where she says, make two homes for thyself, one actual home and the other a spiritual home, which thou art to carry with thee always. It's beautiful and comforting, which I think we're going to get into as we look at what some of our actual homes may have been like um, and what we've not. Or are. Mm-hmm. Or are, exactly, how they might not meet our heart needs to know that we can create another home, a spiritual home for ourselves where the Lord is with us always is so comforting. And I find it to be very essential as we navigate difficult circumstances and stressful times. Right. To know that we have that safe place right within us where he abides. And I think when we talk about home, to first think about the home that we know that Jesus told us that God has prepared for us in heaven. So God has etched into our very hearts, into every human heart, a deep and persistent longing for that home, a true home that's so much more than just a shelter, a dwelling, a place to store belongings and to take refuge from the storms of of wind and rain. Yeah. When that's a house, but what makes a house a home? a home that's a reflection of that eternal home that God has prepared for us. So if we just take a minute and kind of think about like, what are the the qualities, the characteristics that would, that makes our home truly a home more than a house, more than a, just a dwelling. Yeah. And I think it may be helpful to think about like, what are those deep heart longings that we have? Because that there is that, like, as you just said so beautifully, a deep, persistent longing for home, for our ultimate, you know, home in the Lord. And so what are some of the qualities that I want to find that are there present in my heart that may not be present in my physical home, but that are, you know, in my heart, pulling me, directing me towards my ultimate home in Christ, you know, like I think of safety, just being emotionally was safe in every way, in every way. Yes. In every way. Yes, for sure. And I, you know, I think about like, I look at my home, I mean, my family's safe. My kids are safe. Everyone's needs are taken care of, but it's not always an emotionally safe place. You Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, one of the first things that comes for me as you're speaking about that too, in a heart longing, and I think it's a, it's a very human heart longing that we all have, men and women, is to know that those whom we're closest with, those in our family who share our home, truly see us yeah. and know us and love us, love us still, even when they see, you know, what a mess we are, even when we have those, you know, those moments where we break down and we're, we know we're not behaving like our true good selves, (laughs) but you know, we've kind of lost it for a minute that they can see that and, and, and know us even in that and love us even in that to really be seen, known and loved. I think, because I think when you're home, when the people within the home, the family 
are seeing and knowing and loving one another and always striving. And this is, you know, always, I always come back to C.S. Lewis's quote so often that God allows us to experience the frailty of human love so that we will know the strength of his love. And so even as we talk about these things, you know, we realize we're talking like kind of in ideals and none of us is perfect. None of our spouses or children or in-laws or whoever we might live with are perfect. None of us are, but we should always be striving day after day to love more as God loves, to love ourselves and to love others the way that God loves. So that authentic, mutual, self-giving love, that making a gift of ourselves, that's what we should be striving for. Not that any of us will achieve perfection here. But so when we talk about that, that feeling safe to be seen, even, you know, to be seen for who you truly are. Well, and this leads me, when you say that, that leads me right into the second half of St. Catherine of Siena's home is no matter how much I'm striving before I can have a prayer, a giving, that self-giving love that sees another, even when they're, you know, sees past the behavior that's presenting itself or past my reaction to whatever's just happening in front of me, to be able to give that requires that I spend a whole lot of time in my spiritual home receiving, first receiving that, because the only place that any of us will really ever get that, get that complete safety, that being fully seen, fully known, and fully loved is in Christ. You know, it's our relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ um, is the only place where we will really receive what we, what our hearts truly long for. So let's talk about that spiritual home, you know, about creating a spiritual, we have a spiritual home in the heart of our hearts. So let's talk about that. I love, um, you wrote recently, actually, I'm just going to read this sentence directly out of a blog post you wrote recently that says, our spiritual homes require maintaining, cleaning, and decorating, just as our actual homes do. And I thought that was so neat to think about that imagery of what might my spiritual home, that special place in my heart where Jesus abides with me, where I'm always at home with Jesus. What's the decor like there? You know, Mm -hmm. how do I go about cleaning it? And how is he helping me to keep it clean? You know, right. I kind of imagine um, my spiritual home being furnished with a beautiful collection of the virtues, you know, the virtues Mm. that I feel drawn to, you know, that I need to grow more in. And, and of course the, the cleaning it is the daily examination of conscience and going to confession and doing, you know, striving to love the virtues and to want to grow in the virtues rather than, you know, just merely being afraid of sin and vice, but instead really putting my energy into reading the saints, reading the teachings of the church, listening to, you know, some of the priests out there, the beautiful teachings uh, on how to grow in the virtues. Yes. St. Francis de Sales is coming to my mind as one who I love to read, to learn more about how to, how to actually grow (laughs) in my spiritual life and to decorate this home that, you know, that the idea is that Christ abides in this spiritual home deep within us. And we want to keep providing him with a pleasant home, right? Mm with a home where he always feels welcome, where he knows that there is space for him and that we are making time to be there with him. And again, just as with our children and our spouses, it's the quality of the time that we spend with him even more than the quantity. 
you know, he knows if your vocation is busy taking care of your home and your family, it's spending that quality time in your spiritual home with him that makes him feel welcome there and not like a forgotten guest. Yeah. And I think it's important. You were talking about virtue, decorating our homes with virtue and not just trying to keep out vice, but to fill it with virtue. You know, what was coming to my mind then, as you were saying that making it a place where Jesus feels comfortable and it's pleasing to him. And I was thinking, and where I'm even like willing to let him enter, because sometimes I can unknowingly, or maybe I know it, I don't want to do it, but there's this way that I don't let him in sometimes because Mm -hmm. it's a mess in there. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've been praying on a lot recently is asking him to show me how, you know, I can be very aware of the vices in my life, the ways that I am feeling attacked or sinning. And one of the things that I'm spending time praying with is that every one of the vices that are persistent, the place where I need him most persistently, are actually a call to grow in the opposite virtue. Yes. You know, so for me, the one I became aware of, and I hate to say this, but the one I became aware of was actually hatred. And it's not like a hatred for a person. I mean, that's a little part of it, but just how often I would say, I hate that this is happening. I hate that I have to do this. I hate, and, and, you know, he really drew my attention there one day, like, listen to that word you're saying over and over again. And what he wanted me to see in that was the opposite virtue is love to draw my attention to growing in the virtue of love more than trying to overcome the vice, whatever the things are actually that were causing me to feel like I hated this thing happening, but to just look at how am I loving? How am I being a self-gift, loving those people right in my own home? So anyway, so that was just an interesting place that, that he's calling me to spend prayer time with him lately is to let him show me how does he want me to fill my spiritual home, the place where he lives with me? How can we make that place overflow with his love? And how can I first receive and be filled up with his love so it can then flow out into my physical home. And I think that is um, a really important point too, that in creating this spiritual home within our hearts, where Jesus and the Holy Trinity is the family that abides there, mm-hmm. that we don't do it on our own. We don't have to do, he doesn't want us to do anything on our own. In fact, he says, without me, you can do nothing. And even building our spiritual homes is not something that we have to do on our own. The bridegroom stands at the door of our hearts and knocks. Mm -hmm. And imagine him saying to you, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops of night. For see, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Will you open to me and let me make my home, my place of rest and delight here within your heart? Christ comes knocking, wanting to be the architect and the builder of that spiritual home within you. And he just awaits your opening to him and inviting him in to partner with you in creating a safe and loved-filled home where the two of you together 
can find rest and delight, safety mm. and peace. And he, wow. as the gardener and tender of your heart and this spiritual home, he will help. He will do the work in growing those virtues that will make those beautiful furnishings and decorations of this home. So maybe we can just take a moment to envision that to anyone listening along with us. Because one way, one powerful tool that our Lord has given us to help us really see our spiritual home and get a sense of it is our own imaginations and the gift of our creativity. So perhaps we can just even close our eyes and take a breath and imagine your spiritual home in the heart of your heart where Christ knocks at the door. Maybe it looks similar to what you imagine his childhood home looked like in Nazareth, small and safe, surrounded with Mary and St. Joseph and their love and care. I know I like to think of our little adoration chapel and entering just a, a beautiful dimmed small space with a candle flickering and it smells like vanilla for some reason in my home. <laughs> that smell of <laughs> like vanilla candle flickering. And guess uh, what my home with Jesus smells like? <laughs> oh, let me guess. Roses? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> my home is a, it's a white cottage, but pink roses growing all over the, mm. the trellis and the, along the walls. Lots of vases of roses and Mother Mary there. Yes. Yes, so is your spiritual home filled with flowers and beauty of creation? Or is it more sparse with just perhaps a single candle lit, maybe a, a beautiful icon or image of Jesus to look upon? And while you're resting in that, I'd like to read a little bit from the Song of Songs, how the bride and the bridegroom speak of their home. And this is from chapter one, verses 16 to 17. Our little bed is flowery. The beams of our house are of cedar, the rafters of cypress. And William of St. Theory describes in beautiful detail the consolations of creating a spiritual home in our hearts and how we are to carry this home with us always. So this is just a small piece of his commentary on the verse, our little bed is flowery. Upon this bed takes place that wonderful union and mutual fruition of sweetness and of joy incomprehensible between man and God, the created spirit and the uncreated. They are named bride and bridegroom. In the sorrows of the present life, this bed is the sole refuge for the children of the bridegroom from persecutions and anguish, their only rest amid labors, and their consolation amid sufferings. Blessed is the soul which is constantly seeking the face of the Lord after the anguish of bodily labors, after the tribulations of spiritual exercises ever has ready, deep within itself, a home of quiet and a little flowery bed. Whenever she must go forth, she must always leave behind something of herself 
always cling by a strong bond of love so that she may not stray too far away. Let not the force of outward obligations ever succeed in withdrawing the bride's whole soul from the enthrallment of inner sweetness. Pulls us back time and time again. Can't stay away too long. What a comfort to know that we have this home right within us and Jesus is always there. Always there waiting for us to come back to him, to return. Thank you, Lord. Something that I envision often and offer this envisioning to my clients in conversation is that as we are spending time in our home with him, that he also is the, there's, he's the mighty fortress. You know, Father God creates a mighty fortress around our home, like especially when we're journeying through seasons of suffering and trial and pain, or just feeling the attack that there is actually outside of that beautiful place with our flowery bed and our candlelit, there's actually this mighty fortress where nothing is going to penetrate or disturb. And every time we enter that place, we can really enter and leave everything else outside. And that might take a little bit of practice, a little mm-hmm. bit more. That's a choice, right? That is, that's, yes. we have to make that choice to leave everything else outside those mighty walls and protect that peace that he wants us to have in there. That's a and gift. That we so desperately need to allow ourselves to go all the way in there and receive that gift of peace and that time spent quietly just with him. We need it so much in order to continue journeying through the things that we're journeying through. I was reflecting on the gospel recently where Jesus says, my peace, I give you my peace. I leave you and not as the world do I give it. And I was reflecting on that and thinking about how his, his peace is real. It's a thing. It's not a feeling. Yes. It's not just a fleeting feeling. His peace is, is very real, very tangible. It is a gift. And he gives, he's giving it to us at every moment. We just have to choose it. We have to choose to accept it, to receive it, to take it in, let it in a sense, control us. Let that be what we return to as our center. And then wow. guard and protect it, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter if we are rooted in his gift of true lasting peace. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter yes. what situations come up. We're rooted in peace, in his yes. true peace. And so it's not that necessarily all our circumstances will change. It's not that no. we'll never suffer again. It's not that all of a sudden our house will become this perfect ideal home we've been talking about but it will be okay. We'll be, we'll see everything from a different place from his peace. And then we can carry that and gift others with it. But first we have to receive it. Yes. We have to take it in and then we have to choose to live from that place, from that gift of true peace. And then we'll be able to gift it to others. And so may we leave ourselves and our listeners with that invitation to spend more and more time with Jesus in our home, in our spiritual home, which we carry with us everywhere. And that may look like 60 seconds at first, but it will grow as we spend more time there in our home, 
with him, I find that we then want to spend even spend more time, time there exactly. in our home. That's kind <laughs> right. of been the universal experience. So start where you are, let him grow that desire in you to keep returning and returning and spending more and more time until we're actually living from that place. Let us close with a prayer. My Jesus, bridegroom of my soul, let us build a true home in my heart. Come with your sweet love, tender mercy, and unshakable peace as our foundations and walls. I offer as furnishings my love, humility, prayers, sacrifices, and my gratitude and praise. May our little flowery bed be a safe, quiet, and joyful refuge from the world and its demands. Cling to me, dear Lord, by a strong bond of love, so I do not ever wander too far away from home. Amen. For more resources and our consecration to Christ the Bridegroom, visit hopesgarden.com, the sanctuary where the spousal love of Christ the Bridegroom heals hearts, marriages, and families. You may also want to join our community powered by Mighty Networks. Download the Mighty Networks app and find us at Hope's Garden.